Welcome to the Other Worlds GG Community Cast. This is episode number 35. I am Table for Two, and I am joined today by Mellified and Alien Pickle. What's up, fellas? Hello, hello. Doing great? That's good. What about you, Jim? Uh, we're going to add mod support to the podcast, so <laughs> download additional content and bolt on, as you see. Fit. Workshop support for the podcast? Yes. No. Turn... And, then, and then, like Skyrim, we can release each episode like ten times. Oh, yeah! It's, it you cuts get the down on how much we need to do. You can get the Orion Slave Girl mod for Alien Pickle. Yeah, that's right. Because green, right? Pickly, pickle yeah. chicks. See what I sure. did there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. We we thought today, as our topic show would go, we wanted to talk about mods and gaming. You know, definitely talk about the. In some cases, controversies around them, but I think more importantly, they're the importances of them, and you know some of the favorite ones that we've uh, had fond uh, times playing over the years. Um, I know that certainly without mods, I think we wouldn't be in the place that we are today with a lot of games. I mean, I think in general, mods are kind of what really built the uh, Valve Empire, if you will. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, really, like when when you think about it, when Gabe Newell and those guys branched off to form Valve, right, and they made Half Life as their first game, you know, what spun off from that was a series of mods that official that then have at some point became official games from Valve. Um, and it kind of just grew from there. Of course, yeah, it's you like know, Team Fortress and uh, well, there was Blue Strike, there was Blue Strike, Counter Strike, yeah, Day of Defeat. You know, all all kinds of them. Now, of course, if you look at the history of, like, game engines, uh, the engine that, of course, they use, I believe, was a modified version of Quake, of the Quake engine, um, if, I'm, I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, which was also known for its time as being, you know, a highly used engine for mods, too, right? Because Quake was heavily modded. Um, well, especially Quake 3, if I'm not mistaken, there as well. But, like, the Quake engine was used... And other games later on, and uh, like um, Star Trek Voyager Elite Force, right? And Elite Force 2. Um, and those games, then and of themselves, received heavy amounts of mods. That was something about the, uh, the Elite Force games that I remember was the mod scene for that was really cool because people were making essentially virtual tours of starships that you could just like download these maps and you could just you could just like go and explore like the enterprise or voyager or whatever it was they would they would build out full full fledged ships that you could go on a virtual tour of that was pretty cool and then years later there was uh, a full release pack that was done that you can get a, for free it's like an official release for the Elite Force stuff that turns it into kind of like an RPG maker using like the Star Trek assets and world through the uh, Quake engine that they had there. I forget what the full name of that is, but um, it's like XRPG or something like that. Yeah. Um, which that's pretty slick. Uh, that's a pretty slick thing that, that was made available. So um, I don't know. What, is, what are you guys, what are your takes on mods? I'm fascinated. Um, well, like we're, one thing that that's a big deal. Um, mods are certainly not only available on PC, but 
almost all mods are only on PC. Um, and that really is the distinguishing or one of the distinguishing features, I think, of, uh, you know, the PC as a platform is having access to things that in many cases take the game, you know, far, far beyond where it started and really adds uh, a ton of value to games that otherwise you might not, uh, you know, have, have access to. Well, well I mean, community mod support has been a selling condition, uh, you know, it's like it not it's not just like uh, a nice to have, but it's it's actually like people will buy your game if I right. know that there's going to be a strong mod community. Right. Well, like, like, well, like Counter-Strike helped to sell Half-Life. Right. You know, because someone made the Counter-Strike mod. And that sold Half-Life because people wanted to get in on that on that action right and so right. it increased your replayability of a, of a said thing because it's like not only do i get this base thing but then there's this whole community of people making stuff for it that i can play with it yeah and, and like that's stuff, cool well how about just gary's mod in general that's just a mod platform yeah you know he charges for it but you're basically leveraging the half-life engine but as a product that is nothing but a mod platform Right, so the source engine in and of itself is, a, is such a great uh, tool too that you know Valve has continued to work on that people have then been able to make mods for and such. Yeah, I, and I feel like we all own Gary's mod, right? Like yeah. I've not delved into it so much. You know, like I played a little prop hunt and whatever the meme of the moment was, but I feel like people are just making whole ass games in there, and yeah, maybe they that are. would be a thing that we could explore and check out, like what's actually going on. Because Prop Hunt and Prop Hunt's a game of itself. They also have Trouble in Terrace Town, which is a game that's in there, um, which is you know, there was a there was a wave of YouTubers like you know ten years ago that were doing like nothing but exclusively playing stuff like Prop Hunt and Trouble in Terrace Town stuff like that, and just making you know tons of videos of that. It's interesting, like. You know, people get sick of the repetitiveness, but there was something about watching these group of YouTubers play it that just kind of became entertaining, at least during that time frame. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think I think that whole that whole mindset has then spawned off certain things like uh, core for um, Epic, right? Where they have yeah. that, and then there's also that thing that was on PlayStation. Um, God, yeah. I forget what the name of that sucker well, was. Well, there's but... Dreams. Right, that Dreams. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, these different things that have essentially made it to where, you know, not only are there mods out there now, but it's turned into, like, a game for making games. Or, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing, or, which has become pretty cool. I would give up mods entirely if we could just get rid of Roblox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's not talk too crazy, right? Like, I think... The the thing that's so interesting to me is just how uh, much can be done with a game that has good mod support. Yeah. Um, it's it's you know sometimes just astonishing what people uh, do with these uh, these mods. You know the total conversions and things like that, where it's just a completely different game. 
Like, well, the the guy for Rebel Galaxy Outlaw was supposedly supposed to be releasing mod tools for his game, um, which would have been pretty interesting to see because that game is you know straight up old school uh, space sim, right? You know, from a like an X wing perspective or like you know freelancer or something yeah. like that. So. That would yeah, have been... I don't. I don't know. the The Rebel Galaxy Outlaw thing is kind of dead at this point. I think because well, they're the... just not really working on it, and they've kind of well, and and like, the lead Travis developer got out of games. Yeah, I was about to say the the lead developer got out of it because of the harassment he received over his Epic exclusive deal that he did for you know six months of two year of being exclusive on epic before going elsewhere and the toxicity from that unfortunately drove him to like not want to develop anymore which is quite sad yeah. really not not for him but the feel like that people you know felt compelled to treat treat him like that which is what i'm getting at but anyway yeah it was well travis got out and uh like just went back to doing audiobooks as a full-time gig he just enjoys it more right and yeah, but then uh, the other guy, Eric, uh, I guess is like the, yeah, just the community basically destroying their own creators, right? It's just like, let's just scream at this guy until he just never makes anything again. Yeah. And what you right? Yeah, yeah, really. Well, and I feel like, I even feel like, you know, in some ways, too, that's the same attitude that these big IP companies take towards individual modders and creators as well. Where you get somebody who's excited about something, or maybe they're like a like a a student in school, and they're they're making something as a project for school, and then you get like EA or Disney or somebody, or you know um, Paramount, or I guess uh, Viacom coming after like Star Wars and Star Trek people that are making really cool stuff. It isn't like to make money; it's a it's a pure like independent project, but it's like you know cease and desist all your actions. And it's kind of like, well, that's that's no fun because that shut that just shuts down people's imaginations and their love of a thing. You know, I get that their IP laws say like you know you got to protect it or else, but like there, I just feel like there used to be more room for that kind of stuff because yeah, you, know, you can selectively choose to enforce shit. Well, the the funny thing about it though is like you look at something like the Star Trek Armada Three mod, which by the way, for Sins of a Solar Empire, if you don't have the Star Trek Armada Three mod, do yourself a favor. Yeah, but really good it is really good. But you know, those they guys are using. I don't think they got as much heat for it as like you would imagine, because they they because they kept putting out updates for it. Like they had like a, an yeah. expansion for their mod. I think at one point, you know, oh, like wow. they you know they added in more content after the full release. So like right. they did a full release and then they did like an update release for it with more content. Yeah, and so I feel like the the mod thing. Uh, is best served as like don't run your mouth about your mod until it's ready to release and <laughs> drop that shit well and it's and like, <laughs> too late guys it's already in the wild Sue but me. well but but that's but that's just it though I, I feel like at what point is it a mod or is it a quote-unquote creation because like an independent work right because when you look at something like sins of a solar empire with the star trek armada 3 mod they've got audio they've got models they've got all this other stuff yeah. images that's all in there. Icons, you know, like I, I've got, you know, if I'm playing Klingons, all my little ships have like the Klingon icon over them when I zoom out, you know, so it's like all of that stuff is in there. And yet 
when you look at somebody who builds something, I guess, from scratch in Unreal Engine 4, you know, what if they were just to go say, oh, well, this is a mod of any Unreal Engine 4 game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at what point, you know, and if it's not, if it's especially if it's a not-for-profit product, uh, project, you know, if it's something out there, it's just like, hey, check out this thing I'm I'm building for fun in here just because I'm trying to work on the mechanics and, you know, people can come in and play it, but it's not for profits not for like gain you know right it because it, because what... sorry go ahead well i was gonna say because that's what happened with halo where the the halo 3 online game that was supposed to be just for the russian market got hacked essentially and and had an english translation applied to it and then people in the u.s took it and ran with it and they had a mod for it that allowed for like server browsing and all this other stuff to to be able to play online, and they kept tweaking and updating it. And eventually, three four three and Microsoft came along and said, "Hey, stop doing that." They, well, they, I don't understand they, why it they, even existed they, in Russia and it was okay. Well, it existed because they had an exclusive deal with that market, so there was it was a, supposed to be just for the Russian market that they were going to release this thing. But anyway, that's that's not the point. But the point I was trying to make though is. Is that three four three and Microsoft came along and said, "Hey, stop working on your mod and stop distributing this hacked file of our game." Uh, oh no, no, no! What they they weren't allowed to continue to update their mod, but where their mod was, they could continue to distribute the mod. They just couldn't keep distributing the hacked file game, um, which was an interesting thing. So, like, the developers kind of like you know, closed the door and said, well, you know, we're done dealing with this. Go away, everybody. Right. And that's the interesting thing about some of these communities that make these mods to make some of these games work, where they're like, well, we got to cease and desist. Well, you're, the letter clearly states that they don't want to discourage you from continuing to play what you've already done. Just stop working on it, like, and making any new improvements to it. Right. Well, you know, okay, which so is, back to the, the guys that did the Battlefield shit, right? Because didn't you at one point join a Discord server that had one of the guys, like that was involved well, in that? And I and I've talked. He was like, I've talked about this before in the past. I think at some point, but when you start getting like individual communities together and you get these egos involved that where you think someone's better than someone else, it just gets really ridiculous. So there was like, so that whole story, come to find out, ended up being BS. So like. Well, 95% BS. So basically what had happened was, is there was a group of these, there's this guy that essentially revived Battlefield 2 and Battlefield 2142 and a new, like, launcher. And what he was doing was, is he was using um, logos and, like, EA branding and all this other stuff. It was a group of them in their launcher and they were also providing the game for people. So it was like, here's the Battlefield 2 game, here's the 2142 game, and here's how you guys can play it, and we're setting up servers, and we're having a good time. Well, EA comes along and says, hey, stop that. But right, they, they can't they, provide the game, even right. though that's not specifically what they were bitching about. But that's Right, they weren't, and, and they weren't bitching about that. What they were bitching about was stop using our branding and stop distributing the game, but other than that, have fun playing it. If like you can make the game work and play it and and like provide the mod files for other people to make it work and play it, we're okay with that. Just stop distributing our stuff and stop using our branding like where you're an official thing. And then it turned into right. this whole big drama fest of 
oh, well, we got a cease and desist, we're shutting this thing down, and then everything broke and stopped working. Well, come to find out, the reason why that happened was is because those guys had stolen the project from this other dude and turned it around into something that he didn't want it to be in the first place, and so when they shut it down, the original dude was able to spin his stuff back up again and do it the right way. And so... It 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 was this huge drama thing in the the Battlefield Two and Twenty One Forty Two community, but like Project Reality is a huge mod for Battlefield Two. Like, yeah, there's a which, huge community for that. Yeah, it's essentially the basis for Squad is Project Reality. It's just here's Project Reality and Unreal Engine. Right, and so essentially that's what happened was is people that were working on Project Reality went and started making Squad. And so now we have the game squad. <laughs> so it's like, hey, check that out. That's pretty cool. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it's really unfortunate when you get when you get people's egos in the way of things, and then you know, it just it just it really can damage things. And I I find it va- rather unfortunate. This is how we almost lost Star Wars Galaxies, for that matter, as well. Um, you know, there's a group of people. There's there's so there's several different camps there, but there's two major ones. So you've got like the vanilla core group of people who have been working on that thing since like you know 2008, <laughs> right? And then you've got so just just for the vanilla version of the game when it like first came out, and then you have the other group of people who are trying to revive the game like it was uh, on the final day. So like when when the game closed. And they both have strong communities and there's a lot of cross like contamination where people are in kind of both camps and, you know, they're supportive of both projects, me being one of them. But there was the largest one that's out there for the the latter half, which is uh, Star Wars Galaxies Legends, right? Uh, back in like 2017 or 2018, they almost completely imploded and the server like files were almost completely like wiped and lost because you had one person who got super duper butthurt about something and almost killed the whole project. Yeah. Which, which is also like city heroes went through that. Right. Right. And then we're in this is, and the reason why we're talking about these things and you're like, well, where's the mod in this? Well, I mean, these are mods to make these things work, right? Like they're, they're, they essentially are, even though it's an emulation thing, it's a modification of like the files in order to play these things. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just these, these weird niche communities like this are kind of strange. Speaking of mods, there's another, in like battlefield, there's another group of people who have gotten, um, enemy territory quake wars going and they have a whole community of folks who are like playing that on a regular basis now which is pretty slick. i'm shocked there's like 10 people other than you and me that remember that game <laughs> yeah no kidding right so i mean heck if i go look at their discord right now as we're recording this there's a group of five people in their general voice chat right now wow <laughs> yeah so um and this is why like we're playing quake wars well that's the thing so you know, I think I think uh, America's Army 2.5 is another thing that's like that. So a lot of these things, a lot of these mods, a lot of these types of games, I'm building. Uh, we're we're working on our website right now. We have a base version of it, and it's subject to change. So don't don't get too excited. But if you go to otherworlds.gg right now, we have a very basic, simple website. <laughs> and what I want to do is build out like a knowledge base slash Wikipedia there with all of this kind of information in there on how to find these niche communities, these niche mods, 
these these just things that are like you you've maybe always wondered but you're not sure like where to find them i dig up and find this stuff on a regular basis it's crazy the kinds of things that you can find out there when you get super duper dedicated (laughs) um and uh yeah it's like let us google that for you kind of yeah in in a lot of ways yeah let me google that for you because i mean there's there's communities that are doing mods for like uh halo stuff like there's project cartographer which is a halo 2 thing which makes halo 2 run super duper awesome like og halo 2 for the pc that was a vista like exclusive launch that was really a shitty port of halo 2 they've they've modded it and improved it and now it's like halo 2 is an awesome game Right, like they they've really made it. Uh, I mean, of course, you can get the Master Chief Collection now, but if you want that nostalgia, like OG original, like Halo Two on the PC, but better. If you want, the, if you want they, the struggle, they're doing it. They're well, they're doing it. Like they're they've made, it's a very playable. It's very good, and I like it. Um, so I mean, like there's that as an example, and they've got all of their modification stuff for that. Then there's um uh, a couple of different like fan-made Halo games that they have, like, the full support of Microsoft and 343 as they're making them. That's pretty interesting. Um, there's a whole community of people dedicated to MechWarrior or Mech-style games, Battletech stuff. Um, you know, they, and they've made these mod files, essentially, to make these games work uh, on modern machines. Um, hell, the other day I found a Star Siege community. Like how crap how random right Mm -hmm. um so so yeah and this doesn't even get into like modifications of like console stuff so like the the wii u emulator simio you can play breath of the wild of course we're not like endorsing anything illegal so if you if you have an official copy and you want to emulate it go go for it i i support that but people have modded Breath of the Wild on the emulator on the PC so that, well, basic stuff, right? So, like, improving, you know, graphics, improving um, field of view and details and stuff like that. But then they inject, like, other characters. So, like, you can play as... Yeah, you can play as Big and Smoke from Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, like... You can play, a, you know, there's a motorcycle in the game that you can replace it as, like, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, there's there's all kinds of things where people are modding emulated console games on PC, too, which is honestly awesome. I think that is brilliant, you know? Yep. It kind of pisses me off, actually, the, uh, the people <laughs> aware sites that are out there that are distributing, like, here's this game and the emulator bundled together and it's like hey you're not doing any favors here yeah well there's some there's some you got to watch out for that then i'll I'll warn i'll warn you folks out there if you're looking for this stuff just be very careful because it's it's not it's it's really easy to slip some spyware shit into an emulator that's already doing yeah so but like there's some out there there's there's one in particular where they are bundling the game and the emulator for each game so like if you want Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild they're like giving you both the emulator twice and the game files for each and so it's just like it adds up really quickly and i'm just like this this seems very counterintuitive yeah the rooster over there agrees with me um huh. <laughs> 
it's like yeah man <laughs> um but but yeah the fact that people are modding like console games on emulators for the pc is pretty wild to me and i think that's pretty awesome but um but yeah well, i was um, surprised like uh like front mission 5 right for the playstation mm -hmm. they they took it and injected a fan translation because it never came out in english but they put mm -hmm. english subs in it and made it playable for me and it's mm -hmm. like okay cool thanks you know yeah they used that, to that kind they of used stuff to... i didn't realize you could mod console games yeah and they used to do i mean well this goes back even further than that though because they used to do that for final fantasy games right because in the west until recently you know over the past couple of decades we didn't get the official like releases of final fantasy games right like we got one and then we got three which was actually like six or something like that and like you know our our versions of final fantasy games were not the same order of final fantasy right. games that japan got but you could get the roms and then english translations of them um over here so and those were you know super nintendo games and like i remember getting those as far back as like the early 2000s getting these you know translated versions of final fantasy games also just finding out the fact that we didn't getting all the final fantasy games kind of blew my mind so yeah well i you know one of the things that's interesting to me is the idea that this is such a selling point on pc and yet we have steam workshop and we have nexus mods mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it mod db yeah. mod db yeah. that's true but like epic uh came right. out the store they've they've been pushing really hard they've been giving away you know millions and millions of dollars worth of free games to people to get them to use the store and yet we still don't have any sort of mod support or achievements yeah, yeah the uh, fact that they have no workshop on. is really a bitch yeah yes. yeah well it's a disincentive for using their their store for sure <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder how many people buy stuff there and then rebuy it when it comes on steam a year later maybe that's the uh, secret i suspect more than a few frankly you need to get that rooster microphone and get him on the show. I, th I think he has a lot to say about this topic. <laughs> yes. He's, I, for some reason, like he's been quiet for the last few hours. And yet then as soon as we start recording, maybe because he hears my voice, I don't know. But uh, he's been noisy, noisy. So feed me human. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I, yeah. And I, so I think, you know, and then there's the, we were touching on this a little bit before we started recording, uh, Nexus mods, you know, has stirred up quite a bit of controversy. They changed their policy such that now, uh, you cannot delete mods once you release them off of the site. And the intent there is to preserve, you know, mod packs so that they don't, suddenly stop working um but obviously that you know upset some people uh I think well it's fair to say. i think a lot of it was people would get butt hurt you know it's like i put my mod out and then this person incorporated my mod into their mod but they're distributing my mod with their mod because it's dependent on it so i'm gonna just take my mod down to break their 
ability to develop on it anymore. And it's like, really? It's well, like that... you made a free thing, you're giving it away. If he's giving you credit for your part of it, then why are you butthurt? It does it does get into like weird territory because it's kinda like GitHub, right? Like where you know you can branch off, you can fork someone else's development into your own and then like you can take what they've put out there, but there's kind of like a thing, like if you've put it out there publicly yeah. Well Well maybe it needs to be like a GitHub where it is like here's the source of my mod, bang, just put it up there, right? And it's just like yeah. At that point it's free for all. If you put it up, it's up. You know, it's not like you're going to make money off of this thing anyway. So people are just doing it for for like well, the, the other thing, right? The other thing about GitHub too is that you got public and private repositories, right? So I mean, like, you know, you don't have to like necessarily make your mod public to just everybody too. Like you can, you know what I mean? Like there's there's also there's also that as a factor with GitHub that I feel like maybe yeah. Nexus could do some kind of implementation of. Like yeah. how cool would it, how here how cool would it be and of, of course maybe the people could just like release it on Patreon but like if there was some kind of like Patreon tie-in where it's just like if you sub to my channel then like you get the mod and you know that could be a little bit different too for people who are like professional modders I guess if you want to call it that yeah yeah I. It is a controversy, I, though. I, I do feel like Nexus could have done something better, you know? Well, and the thing is, I'm not sure what they do, right? Like, if if you sort of accept that this is a problem, how do you solve it? I don't know that I have any good answers, that's for sure. Or you just right. have a have a flag that people, you know, you can declare, like, okay, I want to preserve my ability to be butthurt and yank my mod down. So I won't participate in this, but that puts you in a different promotion bucket than people that just say, yeah, here it is. Right. Cause mm -hmm. then it's like, Hey, you know what? We're going to actively promote people only if you check the box that says you're going to comply with the whatever. But if you want to be like restrictive about whatever, then you get a lesser treatment, but you can still be here. Yeah. It's an interesting know. idea. Um, so or I that think... at least lets people know, like, this mod may disappear at any time. Don't base your right. shit off of it. Right, yeah. Like, long-term support versus, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, for, for Linux distributions. Um, yeah, I, Interesting. I think... That's an interesting concept. Yeah, well, it, it I mean, the, the amount of work that goes into updating mods when a game updates it to a new version and things like that is actually very, very significant in many cases and you know you see mods that that die when the game gets updated because the authors disappeared and can't be bothered to to go back in and and figure it out um so i think there's certainly some uh some basis for you know improving that where having the source code so somebody else could compile it is you know it might be an idea uh i don't know it's it's a fascinating space and um one of the things that i think steam workshop did is provide a very easy and auto updating mechanism for installing these mods which really opened things up uh quite a bit because you're not going to some sketchy website or having to you know click through 50 different ads to uh 
to get to the mod itself, right? Like you just go in, you browse the workshop, you click on it, say subscribe, and, and it shows up on your system. Yeah. I um I, I'd love to see I'd love to see something pretty cool. Um I'd also like to see more more support for, for mods outside of the PC realm if they if it's possible. I know that they've got some stuff for some games, I think what was it on the Xbox? Um uh, yeah, they, they did do Microsoft did a, a deal with Bethesda back in the um Skyrim, you know, original Skyrim days where you Bethesda curated a mod store or a mod, you know, solution. And those mods were select mods from that were allowed to run on the Xbox version. Um, I never tried it myself, but, uh, you know, certainly the idea was sound of, hey, you know, this is a big feature and we'd like um, console players to be able to you know, experience some of the amazing content. Um, but it never really seemed to take off. And then Bethesda uh, decided that, um, hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to monetize mods. They, they tried that at one point where they uh, started selling, they basically had paid mods and, they took 70% and the authors got 30%, which was very controversial. Um, and they didn't curate that at all or, or provide any mechanism for people to protect their content. So you had, you know, bad actors going and downloading a mod and uploading it to the Bethesda store, claiming it as their own and getting paid for it. Um, and I think the whole system only lasted like a week before they took it down and, and you know, reverted it. But... Mm. Um, that was, you know, that was an interesting idea because I, I would love to be able to pay, you know, mod authors. I, I like that feature of Nexus mods where you can, you can throw them some money. Yeah. Um, I like the tip jar aspect. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good thing, right? Yeah. yeah no, so very much so. Yeah. There's a place for that. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely thought that that should have been the first indication, you know, before they did the horse armor fiasco was, you know, let's, let's try and provide a tip jar and see how that goes. Cause I, I, the, the funny thing is, is when you give people an option to say, Hey, I like your stuff. Let me support it. I mean, they've done trial and errors on this too, before with like music albums, people, people have talked about different music albums that I've got to release like here, pay what you think this is worth. You know, some, obviously you're going to get people who are going to try and grab it for free, but um, you've got those out there that are going to be like, Hey, I think this is all a worthwhile endeavor. I'm going to throw, you know, 20 bucks at this thing because I, I totally get it. Um, yeah. And there's so. uh, what's, what store is it? Um, it's like an indie thing for PC games and they have that itch. too. Yeah. I, th I think it is maybe itch where it's like some games are like, here's flat price and some games are like, pay what you want. Right. Yep. And you can yeah, just you can it. just be like, yeah, just take me to the download. I don't know, but then you have the ability to come back and throw them money. You know, it's like, hey, I played this and, and it's pretty all right, so I'm gonna give you some money. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I like the old school, the way that Doom was distributed back in the day. It was like, hey, we'll give you the first like couple levels for free, 
and then if you want to play the rest of the game, right? Like if this jives with you, then pay for the rest of it. I wish that more games came out like that. I, I mean, think yeah, the reason they yeah. don't is DRM well, problems, right? Well, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Executable. I just don't know if that's an option though on some of these platforms because you look at stuff like with Steam. Can Steam make that as an option where it's just like here, here's the game. You know, because I know they do demos. Well, the devs I, can put and, the demo out, yeah. Well, the the demo thing was interesting, right? Because I feel like the demo thing went away at one point, and then like they brought it back and kind of made it like a bigger button. But I think I think what would be beneficial for Valve slash Steam is to make the demo thing a bit more of a talking point. Um, because I think one that of, could go ahead. Go ahead, finish your thought. Well, I just I just think that could be a more of an incentive for folks because most of the time when I'm looking around on Steam, I'm not I'm not thinking like demos used to be such a huge thing back in the day, but they kind of like went the way of the dodo when like the magazine died, right? And yeah. so I've not thought to look for a demo, but like if there were demos of games out there, it's kind of like on Game Pass, right? I know that I can download any of these games for free, so I just go browsing. So, like, what if there was, like, a whole demo page according to the search results of things that I'm looking for of games that might interest me? I could easily see myself just downloading demos and trying things out on a very regular basis. Yeah, I think um, the Xbox 360 had a, a um, system where, you know, Microsoft said you had to produce a demo for your games, and it, it was really, really nice. Yeah, because um, then they, you, it's like I see a game in the store and I can hit the demo button, right, for everything. And and yes, I agree that was pretty good. Um, I I wonder, like, we know Steam has the ability to give you a time limited version of a game because they do it when they do free weekends, right? Where mm -hmm. you get a you know you get a game to try multiplayer over the weekend or whatever. Um, so there's there's certainly indications that they could do it. Um, I think, you know, what a lot of people seem to do is treat the two-hour uh, return policy as a demo. Right. <laughs> you know, they, well, you know they that's, download that's maybe the key right there. Uh, is I... let, me, let me pull down any game and get a couple hours, and if I want to continue past that, then I got to pay. Ooh, that's yeah. dangerous because that the the controversy came up recently with a game that was made that was that was actually too short. Remember that? And the guy was getting uh getting screwed because people were playing it and beating it within those 2 hours and then refunding it. Yeah, well, it wouldn't apply for those kind of games then, but I'm I'm saying like they people that wanted to participate in that could use that as their demo thing is just like hey you know what you can have a demo it automatically revokes this game after two hours but you get the full game for two hours mm -hmm. and then you decide if you're going to pay well the problem that i have with that though is games are so large these days that you're going to be like you know downloading a full game just so you can play it for like maybe 15 minutes to find out whether you like it or not yeah but if that saves you 50 bucks then yeah, that that was your option. See, the reason that it sucks to use the the uh, refund thing as if it was the demo is because they don't refund the Steam cut of thirty percent. So mm -hmm. if you buy a if you buy a ten dollar game, it costs the dev three bucks when you refund it. Yep. 
Well, and to me, that's the incentive for doing demos right there. But yes, um, it doesn't seem to be be a thing. Yeah. So I'm just reason. saying, like, if you let them have the two hours before you collect money, yeah. then you don't have a refund tax for everybody yep. that refunds your shit. That would be interesting. Um, I I do going back to to mods a little bit. Um, I think the thing that's so interesting to me is uh, having community mods that go in and fix games that are broken. Um, the <laughs> uh, original um, Vampire the Masquerade uh, game, the first-person shooter that came out, that was horribly, horribly uh, broken when it launched and the developer you know, went out of business and the publisher pretends the game doesn't exist. Um, there's, you know, one of the developers ultimately worked on the community patch to fix the game and, and contributed to it. Um, and now there's a mega patch that basically, you know, you shouldn't play the game without, um, which I find fascinating, right? That, that people saw something in that they, they saw a diamond in that, that pile of shit. And, you know, basically shoveled it out and and polished it off, and then you know actually made something worthwhile out of what was otherwise a pretty terrible game. Uh, famously, Knights of the Old Republic two. Mm hmm. Huge community yeah, they like patch that they really all that cut content and everything. Yeah, there was a huge thing with that, and then um, but then there's also times where modders kind of fix what developers did in post, right? And I'm specifically thinking of GTA 4, where the licensing ran out on this music, and so Rockstar patched out a whole bunch of music. And then the modders came back in and said, well, we got this. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they modded it all back in, um, mm -hmm. which I think is fantastic because some of that music was actually integral to the game itself. Like, it was kind of like... You know, thematic, thematic and part of the scene yeah. or you know just kind of and then when all of a sudden that's gone it just kind of like it you, you know you're you just destroyed the experience for that person so yeah, yeah well and i think that's where um the other example i was thinking of of these you know mega patches is actually uh cyberpunk 2077 there's a complete you know overhaul mod that uh, came out recently that rebalances everything in the game <clears throat> with with the emphasis being let's make everything productive and playable and fun. Um, and I, I just think that's so cool that we have that option with PC games where, you know, there's no way, even if you have a mod store on uh, in the game, like, you're never going to necessarily get a total overhaul mod um like that i don't think in in a in-game system um just because it would be so profound to the game it would change what it really is versus but a lot of the skyrim stuff's like oh i'm gonna add better book covers or i'm gonna add you know uh, <laughs> <Better>. another quest <laughs> better book covers that, oh, that's actually that's... one of the mods no i, yeah. I know but still it, that's just it's so funny yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that I I don't know I find uh, really interesting is how the community will will come together or in some cases one person you know it's a passion project for them 
uh, and and you know do these total conversions or total upgrades. Yeah. I guess. I think the the coins are too low poly, so I'm gonna mm -hmm. like up the poly count on the quarters that are laying on the desk. <laughs> it's true true mod. Yep. Yep. Um. And so, you know, I, I does GOG have mod support or is they are they just dependent on uh Nexus and, and other sites? They're 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 dependent on Nexus and other sites. So I mean essentially they're not they're not blocking it. Like they, they just don't have their own in house thing. They do have right. the for the forums though are actually pretty slick because a lot of people on the forums will like so for the Knights of the Royal Republic two, for example, they actually have links on the forums for people to go get those mods. So like oh, nice. So I mean the the forums on GOG kind of make up for it because usually people will link in there all the different like ways to go and mod these games. So like yes and no, you know. <laughs> mm. So. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, all of it's interesting to me because uh, it is such a differentiator between the consoles and the PC in particular. Um, and like I know people who love Elder Scrolls Online. But playing it on console as sort of the vanilla experience versus having all the mods on uh, PC where you can, you know, have a map overlay for all of your um, collecting like berries and plants and mining and all that stuff. Uh, that makes the game so much better, so much easier to play that, you know, people won't play the Elder Scrolls on the console because it's just such a a more difficult experience and you know lacks that quality of life stuff. So um you know it can really really change the the experience. It's pretty crazy. Gnarly indeed. Yeah. I'd actually like to see somebody take some of these like uh emulated mods for console games and like try and export them in a way to play them on official consoles. I think that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. one of the one of the ones that you do get pretty regularly are, you know, Japanese exclusive titles will get an English translation uh patch, um, which is, you know, effectively a mod for for like ROM uh rom dumps and things but that's about as close as we seem to get most times well what i'm saying is like someone takes like link and replaces them with spongebob and then like rips that to a, a dvd and throws it into an actual like mm. we we or something and like just like wait a second <laughs> where did you get the spongebob skin <laughs> so it's like yeah yeah that's crazy to think about yeah um, i mean i think it would be kind of fun though but yeah the other the other big one though too is is like we talked about the workshop and I think the workshop is an interesting uh piece and in particular when it comes to like early access games I do have a bit of a complaint here and that is like with something like Space Engineers right so Space Engineers was in development for such a long time and was um considered in like early access slash beta on Steam for a very long time and then throughout this whole thing, though, it had workshop support. So the problem that I have, though, here is anytime they did some major update, there is usually a pretty decent chance that whatever was going on was going to break your mods or break your server or something like that, and you'd have to kind of go in and do damage control. 
And that always used to frustrate the crap out of me. Like, Jim will tell you, like, I tried running, a, like, a public space engineer server for a while. That became a nightmare because I'd get, like, pinged and, like, contacted at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning because someone in, like, Europe wanted me to, like, update a mod because it wasn't working anymore or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, though, is, like, when that happens, then the mods, like, the mod people have to go in and, like, update their mod in order for it to work with the newer version in some cases, depending on what the mod yeah. is. Like, if you're if you're in that environment, the best thing that you can do, the only sane thing that you can do is turn off auto-updates on your client and then it's like you're frozen right at the at the level until the server upgrades but then you're stuck playing on that one server then right so yeah well i'll tell you one game that's stealth modded all to hell is Mm. imperian like dude the mods in imperian are nuts but they're not like workshop things like they have the designs for the ships and stuff on the workshop but and maybe I don't know. Maybe the standalone server stuff is up there. I just haven't dug. But that that one server I've been playing on is just modded to hell and back. It's it's just really has changed the game. Like the numbers for everything is different. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing about that though too is, like they have their server stuff very locked in like the people that are running that custom mod or that custom server or whatever there's a there's there's more than like a few people working on that you know what i mean like they've they've got a group of people like kind of keeping that dedicated so that's kind of one thing but like usually with these like space engineer servers it's like one person trying to like run a thing for like a community and it just it became for a while it became kind of a nightmare it's not so much an issue anymore but i'm just speaking in terms of like that's an example for current anything that's out there so but yeah mods are great i certainly do love them um mellified you got a couple mods on in your mind that are some of your favorites that you like uh um let's see i would um I would not play Minecraft Java without, um, oh, gosh, yeah. the the you know feed the beast mod uh, is really great. Um, there's a ton of them on on Minecraft for sure that really just can you know transform the game radically, make it more fun, more interesting. Um, so that's that's one that comes to mind. Uh, the the X-Wing super update that we talked about, gosh, a couple months ago now, uh, is really, really impressive. I mean, I I barely scratched the surface of it, but... Oh, you're talking about about the X-Wing Alliance? Yes, yes. Yeah. The X-Wing, the mod mod community for X-Wing Alliance has been around for a long time, and they have not stopped modding that game. And a perfect example is recently they came out with a total conversion that brought in X, or TIE Fighter into X-Wing Alliance engine and just had all the nice upgrades and updates and flair. It's pretty solid. Yeah, he he uh, took an already balls-hard game and made it harder, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've played it the most, so, like, elaborate on that a little bit. Well, I mean, like, x-wing alliance they changed the way that a lot of the ships work right 
You know, it's like in the old game, the ships wouldn't try to shoot down incoming torpedoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's stuff true. like that. Yeah. And that, so in order to compensate for some of the stuff, then he added like more and better ships to the sides and stuff. So it's like, you know, mission three of the game is usually a cakewalk. Not anymore. Like even even the one where it's just like, oh, just scan the freighters as they go by. And oh, there's rebels on that one. Disable the shields and OK, mission over. Right. Oh, it isn't that anymore. Now, now you have to like deal with the whole rebel fleet that jumps in and tries to save those guys. Well, yeah, it's just it's a different animal. You have the option to go and play the old campaign as it originally was, but it's a little bit kind of off still. Um, so some things may not be perfect because the the revision campaign is the one that he put all the time into. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to go in and change some of the programming on a thing when you don't have the source material. Exactly. I I want uh, Westman to play it and tell me what he thinks. Uh, he this might, is true. He might be like, "This is better than what we did for sure." Uh, and for those who don't know, he was one of the main people developing the. I believe it was the. Uh, yeah, he was uh, Lucas like the, original designers. Yeah, I've got him on on Steam. He's like he's on my friends list on Steam. So hit him up. So yeah. Oh, it makes me wonder how uh, Into the Black or Enemy Starfighter, whatever it's called now. How I think it's it's in, it's Into the Black, and uh, I've got it on Steam. Um, they're still trucking like right along. I'm in their Discord server too, so they seem to be doing. They've been doing a lot of testing. They get they get a lot of their pilots in. So I guess they're getting pretty pretty darn close to uh yeah, in the black is the name of it. So Yeah, they they just uh I guess they just finished up a play test today or something like that. So they had one for, for like a whole a whole week or something. Or yeah, no, it was like yesterday into today, that's what it was. I, I see it here. So Yeah, I just didn't dig it so much the last time we played it because it was like a descent kind of game, not a space combat game. Yeah, it definitely had Descent mixed with something else. It's kind of hard to describe, but uh, it became quite challenging when your, you know, your orientations quickly get changed. I think their whole premise of that thing was they were trying to make some kind of sort of semi-realistic, like um, Newtonian physics space combat. But yeah, but then all your guns become auto tracking and whatever. It's I just want like World War II fighter planes in space. Right, this is what Star Wars did. That's great. I don't know. Like I'm playing that uh, uh, Project Wingman as we speak, and I kind of like this, right? Because it's it's like a um, like the Ace Combat series, and I feel like it it could be better if the planes actually had realistic loadouts on them. Hey, maybe someone will mod it, um, but. You know, it's like I it's kind of goofy, like I'm carrying like 200 missiles. Yeah, probably not. But it, it's a thing like if this was a space combat game, however, and the controls were kind of like this because it flies basically like War Thunder, right? You know, it's just like move the mouse. The plane tries to figure out how to turn to where you're looking. I'm super cool with that, right? 
and I feel like space combat uh, in the future would kind of be more like that in a Star Wars kind of technology level environment. It it would probably be like you know point where you want the ship to go, and the ship's computers will figure out how to do that because humans aren't as good at it as computers are. Right. So. Well, mod mods are good, guys. I I really like them. What about you, Jim? Do you have a favorite mod? Not really a favorite one, no. I mean, I I have like two hundred mods for Fallout Four. You want me to go through those? <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something that's like some of my favorite mods. I definitely like the Star Trek Armada Three mod for Sins of a Solar Empire. That's a really solid one. Um, and definitely the the mod support for uh, Night's Old Republic Two is pretty out there, but. I, and just in general, I appreciate them. There's a lot of total conversion stuff out there. That's a lot of fun to go and check out. I used to do a lot of total conversion stuff back in the day. Yeah. Stuff you know for what? like one Unreal mod, Tournament. And... One mod that just completely overhauls the game and makes it way better is uh, it's for uh, Starbound. I forget what the actual mod is called, but it's like just this massive total overhaul of Starbound. And I kind of dig that one. And then if you like, uh, like X Beyond the Frontier 3, right? Like, I think it was X3. Yeah, because mm -hmm. X4 kind of sucks. <laughs> I can't wait for modders to fix that thing. Um, but yeah, X3, uh, Lit Cube's universe is like a total reboot of that game. Makes it very, very different. There's a Star Wars total conversion for X3 that is pretty spectacular, I must say. Yeah. And there's also the Discovery Freelancer mod that I really like. That one's a lot of fun. Yep. So, uh, and I run a, I have a server here at home for that one that I run. Yeah, remember that uh, that Star Wars Freelancer mod that we were playing around with? Back yeah, that's. I think that one died though. I'd, I'd have to go look. Yeah, it they kind of quit developing it. I, I wish they had kept up, but it was like they were hitting limits of what the game could do. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Well, we like mods around here, and uh, we definitely support them as part of our games preservation endeavor, so come on over to our Discord and check out more. We're still running our giveaway here on our Discord, so come check that out, 25 for 25, or excuse me, <clears throat> not 25, it's 100 for 100, and so we're doing four $25 gift cards for Amazon, so uh, once we get 100 people over here, which we're still continuing to climb those numbers, uh, slow and steady wins the race, I always say. Or we could do a five for five, like a $5 foot long for the fifth person that joins. <laughs> <laughs> Get your subway that's card. Funny. No, that's funny. Well, can't you like trade those in on Fortnite skins or something like that? Yeah, well, I know you can buy uh, um, bits on Twitch with your subway oh, that's, card. that's great. Um, so yeah, we're still doing all of that. Uh, we also have some game servers that we've got going on over here. So, um, hit up our discord for information on those such as battlefield Four, unreal tournament. Uh, we've got a Minecraft server. Currently we have a Conan exiles, but I don't know how much longer we're going to keep that one going. Um, I might archive that one. We'll spin it up at a later date, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we haven't played battlefield in a while. Are we going to keep that one around? I know like battlefield, uh, 2042 is coming, right? So, yeah, I um, think our, our subscription expires uh, this month, and then the new one comes out next month. 
yeah so we're, we'll, we'll evaluate it once all that happens but yeah discord.otherworlds.gg will get you in the door and we'll see you guys in the discord server or on the next episode this has been episode number 35